Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akande Adirile, and I'm here during Thanksgiving holiday in the United States with my family. Uh, we all love to sit around and discuss politics and ongoings in the country. And I thought it would be an excellent opportunity to get lots of different perspectives on the upcoming 2019 election. Um, how it's going to work is that I will give a real quick bio of each of the candidates, and then we will discuss. Um, we are only going to be highlighting nine of the over 40 candidates that are actually registered or that are in the running for, for the presidential election in Nigeria in 2019. Um, nine of these candidates we believe to be the candidates with the most chance of actually achieving the feats. Um, we will be starting with the least likely, perhaps, to the most likely to win. Uh, is that a fair, fair assessment? <laughs> okay. Um, so, let us uh, start. Uh, actually, let's not say it's in that order, but we'll be starting with the, 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 we'll be considering the third horse candidates, then we'll be considering the current major opposition, and then we will be considering the incumbents. All right. So, let's start with the first of the, uh, the third horse Candidates, one of the more prominent ones. His name is Kinsey Kingsley Mogalu of the Young Progressive Party (YPP). Um, he was a he is a political economist, lawyer, former United Nations official, and professor of international business and public policy at the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University. Um, he is a founder of Sogato Strategies LLC, and he's a senior advisor of the official monetary and financial institutions forum. Um, he worked in central with Central Banking Journal as a contributory editor, and uh, he founded the Institute for Governance and Economic Transformation. Um, those of you who have heard about him, um, what, are your, what are your thoughts? I know he's been fairly active on Twitter, um, tweeting, and he's one of the more uh, potentially uh, 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 active third party candidates uh, i'd like to take a real quick break to ask everyone to mute their devices all right so let's go into it kingsley mogalu thoughts technically economically sound has probably has good intentions okay not associated with any current, uh, not previously been in government, so specific government experience doubtful. Okay. But Hartz himself has been uh, competent and fresh, fresh leader. Fresh. Young and progressive. Not um, exactly, yeah. Young, his party is called himself Young. Younger than what we had before. Younger than what we had before. All right, that's that's fair. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. Michael, any thoughts on Mr. Magalu? No. Okay. Um, he seems to have a 
good resume on paper. Yeah. If you look at it, he was former governor of the deputy governor of the CBN. So in terms of having get an idea of monetary policies or developmental monetary policies, he might have a greater standard in terms of um, operating, if not bonds and everything. But um, like like that said, it's kind of a slim chance because one, this is the first. This is the first time I've heard of him, um, and I don't think his party has that much of strength to defeat Buhari or Atiku. Okay, mom, thoughts? Well, his resume is very impressive. Okay. Um, seems like a very intelligent man with the right exposure. But uh, the way things are in Nigeria, I don't think... He, I mean, a lot of people want to just jump in the race and start at the top rather than start at the grassroots level. So he's relatively unknown yeah. and his party is unknown. Good ideas, perhaps a ministerial portfolio or something like that, or maybe starting at the very uh, great exactly, right. the great minister of finance rather than campaigning to be president when right. you're in government or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I was thinking the fact that he is in a separate party from maybe another one of the leading candidates also maybe doesn't give him as much of a, an opportunity to end up in another part of the cabinet if he drops out of the race early mm. on or something like that. So um, he has like slightly less op- optimistic positioning because if he feels that this... Am I going to... Uh, yeah, to, to yeah he doesn't happen. have any chance of making an impact either way. Yeah, okay. Ideally, that should not be the case. Yeah, it should Because if things are done by merit, someone like him with his resume should be given a position in government because he's interested Right. To be given a position in government yeah. that's he merits a position in government, but he's putting himself up to run for president. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Even, he, even he may have misassessed himself. Right. Oh, well, but if we look at the United States, Hillary ran against Obama and she still got a place in his government. So. No, I'm yeah, saying, but they're yeah, but yeah. they're in the same party. Yeah, they're yeah. the same party. Okay. Yeah. It's it's uh, and then Hillary also had a lot of a lot coming into it. Yeah. Um so now let's move on to the next of the candidates. I'm um, speaking of fresh. Um, let us address uh, a, a, a mainstay of Nigerian politics and talk about the Reverend Chris Okotie Fresh of the Fresh Democratic Party. A mainstay, a perennial candidate whose uh, seriousness is in doubt. Mm. Sometimes I've wondered whether there's some kind of subsidy that they collect from government every time they run. But I wonder why he bothers to run every time. Which next to no impact each time. And uh, just now, let, let me just add the bio of this uh, gentleman we're addressing, uh, Reverend Chris Okote, as his name suggests, is a, a pastor of the Household of God Church International Ministries and a televangelist. Um, he's been pastor of that church. He's led that church since February of 1987, and he's run for presidency. Every four years. Every four years. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, any other thoughts on, on Pastor Chris of the Fresh Democratic? It's not fresh anymore. It's, well, I wish of the slightly Reverend, used Democratic Party. Uh, with all due respect to <laughs> Reverend Chris Okuti, right. I wish he would run 
even under any party or his fresh party as chairman of Speaker Januka government. <laughs> with all due respect, no, just so that we can, see, so that we can see what the capacity, what it brings to bear right. in public office rather than, you know. So I wish in all these uh-huh. years that he has run, me perhaps he should have taken a step back oh, and run for, no, I mean, start from local government and have an impact. Huh. And, you know, and then maybe go on from there to run for legal states. Huh. I especially think that if he had run for the local government where he operates from, huh. and he, I mean, he has the clout and the, and the goodwill of the people behind him, Oh. And he actually wins, which is a, a far more possible. Yeah, it's more far more likely at that level. Likely at that, right. you know. And then he probably would have Girl. on the scale of things and the right. political with that amount of time he's committed exactly. to the process. Right. So so let's uh any any other yeah, impressions? Yes. Similarly, just a lack of a strategic outlook, even after having done it for so long. Yeah. Um yeah. I imagine his leanings, I guess that's a religious figure is what probably influences yeah. the, uh, the yeah. desire to do the runnings, but it doesn't seem well thought through altogether. Yeah. It's the... an indication of the level of his popularity and then the limits of the, limits of the growth of his church organization itself. What? Shots. How many, how many branches does he have? That's, that's fair. That's the people fair. who follow him are fanatical about him. Yes, I think. But really... How many branches? Talking politics. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. still fair. Those are the people, the that, that, those are the people he is most likely to influence directly. Right. right. How many are they? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, another, another. I guess. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. I think just on my personal opinion, I just believe, uh, just on a personal view, I believe he's a charlatan because um, on a not on a on a just on a Basic note, just because you're a religious leader and you're able to have this many people following you doesn't mean you're, you're God or David leader for a nation as big as Nigeria. Right. And because he has this church with certain amounts of branches, it's quite ridiculous that you think you can be a big country which don't, first of all, have don't have the same religious beliefs as you do, and third of all, wouldn't listen to the same excuses you might give people in your church or same reasons you might give people church uh. um saying the bible this the bible that but right. um one thing i'm happy for is because i know he's not going to go far so i don't have to worry about him being a president wow um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> um fair fair enough i think we have to be concerned because a huge amount of money is going into that every every year for years. Right. Again. Right. and my question is where is that funding coming from if it's the Church's money, and that's it's also that's a, yeah. a question mark needs to go on that. But I, I think that oh, so it's it's um, yeah, there's more to be asked. There's more to be asked beyond just the surface level. Uh, definitely understand. Um, the next up we will be the next gentleman we'll be looking at is the uh, uh, Omoyeli Shore of uh, African Action Congress. Um, he's a Nigerian human rights activist, pro-democracy campaigner, founder of an online news agency that many of you might have heard of called Sahara Reporters. Um, thoughts. He seems to have a long history in, in, in Nigerian political space um, without having necessarily held any titles. 
Um, what are your thoughts? Like I said before, you know, it's not the position of the president of Nigeria. It's a very, it's a very, the tough job, mm. and it's not. I mean, I think Shore should start small. Mm. He's interested. He's passionate about Nigeria. I commend him for it. He's passionate about saying the truth as much as possible. Right. But I think it should start from local government. Not maybe not necessarily local government. Right. House of Assembly, senatorial seats. Right. right. Let's start from there. Rather than he doesn't, he just doesn't have the capacity to be the president of Nigeria. Right. Also, he doesn't even live in Nigeria 100% of the time. Huh. I may be wrong, but even if he lives in Nigeria 100% of the time, I think that, you know, I mean, you don't just wake up one day and become the president of the country. I think yeah, it takes a true. lot more to more than that. Yes, we know some European countries have mm. presidents that are 30-something and so, but they right. cut their teeth much earlier, right. you know, doing other things at the, at the grassroots level. Yeah. If I can refer to it like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that with all this also runs out of talking about, unfortunately, it's also going to be part of, uh, they're conspiring to be part of a huge wastage of the nation's resources that they themselves have been complaining about. Because for every candidate, there's a certain amount of cost to supporting the, making that person mm. available, right. a platform for that person to not be voted for. So to that degree, it's a waste. Mm. The other degree issue is that they are all going for executive positions. So when they become president, who is going to who are they are going to be their supporters in the House of Assembly, right. in the Congress, right. who are going to be the people that they can count on to? Because this is not this is not a military regime. A president does not rule by himself. Right. And part of the things that we are complaining about the current administration are caused by the fact that they cannot get the agreement of the Congress mm. to support them. So what's mm. the point? Right. And I think that if you know people are if people who have made a career from criticizing the incumbents are telling us that they can be a better alternative, they should be a bit more serious in their approach. Mm. That's that's my one I mean take of it. He he's known as an activist and very popular one. But it, it's kind of weird that he just went for the so presidency immediately. Yes, really. Do you think that could be born of desperation with the current situation? No, I think, it's not I think right. that if to that's a, such a serious endeavor. Right. That you see the way even here in the United States is approached. Somebody has an idea, he might be someone who might be able to do it. He creates an advisory group first. Right. They look at all the options. In many cases, after that, some of them say, Well, sorry, I don't think I can go ahead. Mm. And the few who can go ahead then uh, put their hearts in the ring. Mm. And you'll be able to trace pedigree, you'll be able to trace uh, the support that they have. Mm. Nobody becomes a successful head of state anywhere without having your own group of true believers who will execute on your campaign process and who will also help you succeed. Okay. Most of these people, they, they do not have that. I don't necessarily think it's arrogance, actually. I think it might be frustration. It can also be people cheering him on. Right? Okay. If people hear you speak a certain way or be knowledgeable about some things, especially in Nigeria, they're like, oh, you should run for president. And right. Nigeria is a place that we don't exactly have a process. We don't exactly have a step thing. In America, right. it can be seen more of, oh, if you want to be president, you know, okay, that's I'm going to be president in 
five, six, ten years, yeah, and then you work your way up to But it. shouldn't that be the way we do things as well? That should be, but right. we, we, it hasn't been that way in the past. Mm. So it's not unusual to see someone um, who has a bit of knowledge just trying to be present. Like, there's a process in Nigeria. Yeah, it may process. not be structured. Yes, there's no structure. It may not process. be structured, but there's a process. If you look at all the people that have been presidents, it's not that they just woke up one day and they became president, which is why we are saying that for some of these people that have just come out, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You understand? So it's not that there's no, it may not be put down in, and even here, I don't think there's a process as in a structured process. Yeah. It's just that people are more organized and a bit more you know, building up like to so, a climax, yeah. so to speak. So, so, frequently, the reasons why people fail, I mean, we blame it on many other things, or the, the powers that be, uh, the government, the reasons why people fail, maybe that they have not approached the thing in the way that you are supposed to approach it. Uh, like, you want to run for president, you have your own supporters. Have you built a party? Do you have name recognition? Uh, when you talk to people who are involved directly in politics, you see that these are the things that they talk about in one form or the other. Yeah. Politics, politicians work very hard, even in Nigeria. And if you are going to be able to overcome the status quo, then you also have the same plan. Yeah. Wari, as long as he had been contesting, would only become president when it finally agreed to do a merger with APC, AC, the other major uh, opposition. Yeah. Right. That was it. Because all previously had run, that was his fourth time. Yeah, that's true. So now compare that with someone who has never run right. on a party that has never previously existed. Right. That has no seats in any that houses no or in any house of assembly or anywhere. Right. But I think you should. Yeah. So so let's let's move on to candidates with some some more uh, I would say governmental. Uh, actually, Koladi has some thoughts. Yeah, um, I was just going to say that I agree. Wholeheartedly with my dad, that is quite arrogant and also not well important. A man who believes that just because he's good at reporting something, he would also be good in that position. It's one thing to understand it from the outside perspective of it, or if you're not within government, if you don't understand the power of how to not manipulate or how to exchange, or I don't, I lack the words for this right now, but how to. To run, how, to um, yeah. how to negotiate exactly right. without right. compromising compromise right. of your values in power in a country such as Nigeria, where right. there are a lot of traditional religious um, perspectives in that. It's very hard, especially because, for one thing, like, um, for one thing, Nigeria is a country that has only had a jump democracy for about 20, year, 20 or so years now. So it's still right. quite fresh. Right. And another thing, a lot of our leaders. Um, especially those who've been presidents over the past few years, um, like Buhari and also like all passengers, they were both past military leaders. Right. So unlike, unlike. So uh, we haven't had that so many like, actual truly democratic, exactly. yeah, yeah. Unlike, civilian, so like, yeah. Buhari and Obasanjo were also feared a lot by people, feared, known, feared, or respected. Right. They already had a really, really large following. Right. Surely right. does not have that. Right. And Buhari and Tole also ran. Model government, yeah, so they so, understand the basic flows and daily operations, right? In the country. So, so now let's um let's move on to to candidates with a little more governmental experience. I would say, um, let's start with the one who perhaps has the most fringe governmental because his experience was in, in actually in the United Kingdom, but his name is Dr. Adeshina Fagbenro Byron, co of the Koa Party. 
perhaps of all these of of many of the the third force parties this year, maybe one of the more structured or organized parties seeming from the outside. Um, he was uh, he was a former governor. This candidate, Mr. Adishin of Agbenro Byron, um, was a former governance advisor with the United Kingdom's Department for International Development, the FID. Um, and he's also the founder of the Co-op Party. Um, he is a lawyer. Uh, uh, founder. Yeah, he is a founder. Yeah, he's a co-founder of of the Co-op Party. Um, he is um, he is also a Afro jazz musician, if if you care to know. But um, anybody has thoughts on this fellow on the party he runs, uh, things like that. I know they have perhaps one of the better, at least long term, you hear about them between elections. I I would say. They've been in existence. They did field one, uh, modern. Video of modern uh, origin the last election. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, I think that for all of us, we still haven't reached anyone who I think has built any kind of structure yeah. with which to govern. Right. Uh, uh, which is just sad because I think it's a missed opportunity. To, so, on a general note, I think that what all of them should do is come together and form one party yeah. or at least form one alliance right. and agree amongst themselves. All of these people together could all make an excellent cabinet. Mm. Uh, in terms of, we have already spoken about somebody who could be reasonably good minister of information. Right. Uh, minister of finance. Spoken of someone who could be a good minister of finance. Right. Someone who could be a minister of development or works or mm. health or something like that. The DFID is a, is a British aid agency. Right. So he was not really in government as a running aid government. Yeah, he was government running an agent. A British aid yeah. agency. If if I were to just add though for for them, it seems like they they're, they're fielding a candidate every year for presidencies more of to get their name out of there. I think it's strategic for them because they also field. I know they're fairly aggressive with fielding candidates across. They, they probably probably have one of the best ballots for spreads. I think they might have even won some seats in some smaller elections over the last states and you know local house election things like that over the last election. So. I'm hoping it's a strategic long play with with just with the presidency run just being a, a play for um for for visibility for branding slash visibility. Okay, so you answered the question. Right, right. I, that's that's my perspective. Yeah. Um. Anybody else has some thoughts on Koa? Koa also means bring here, right? Yeah. Mom, any thoughts on Koa? With that said, I think forming an alliance, Goa has been around for a while. All right. And by now, I think forming an alliance with another party or several other parties is very important because I don't think it's possible. They don't have the, the, the followership to win the presidential election. Yeah. They just want the visibility and everything. They don't have it. But we're getting to a point that we have to, the way I'm looking at it, we have to look for a way to dislodge the big, two big parties, the PDP uh, and the APC. All right. So the alliances between the smaller parties led by younger people with the right exposure and experience is becoming imperative. Uh, we have to send a message clear to everyone that the people have a voice. It's not okay for us to say, oh, because um, it's not possible for them to win, and so we don't vote for them. I don't want to waste my vote. 
Mm. That's a mindset that they are selling to us, and I think we have to try and we'll do something about them, it. Regardless of, we'll vote for the ones who must believe in, regardless of whether they can win. However, it is a shame and it really upsets me that people should know better. Unless they have some kind of other strategy I'm unaware of. Are not acting in the way, and it just worries me that oh, yes. at this stage they cannot be behaving better than their, uh, the people they are trying to unseat. Right. And what what is it that they really have to offer? I would I would immediately, if I maybe even join, definitely support any group that says they want to come together, even if it's five of them, and say we want to form a stronger force or ten of them. Yeah, eighty nine of them. Yeah, <laughs> there are lots. Um, so let's let's actually keep it moving um, for the for the essence of time. I think we've discussed that thoroughly enough. Um, but now we're kind of pretty much going up in order of how much government experience they have, um, and uh, this is kind of a, a hard down to get a measure of because fairly even amongst the next three candidates. But um, I'd like to discuss in batches. Perhaps, perhaps we should do that. But uh, let, let's consider these uh, next three. Um, so we have Obi Ezekwesili. Um, I, I almost think we should almost discuss her in isolation prior to discussing the next two. Um, she was a co-founder of Transparency Transparency International. She served as one of the pioneer di- directors of the global anti-corruption body based in Berlin, Germany. Uh, she served as the further on minister of solid. Minerals and the Federal Minister of Education during the second term presidency of uh, Olusha Gombasanjo, a, pres- a former president of Nigeria. Uh, since then, she served as the vice president of the World Bank's African Decision Decision between two thousand division between 2007 and 2012 and uh she uh she was uh, she was nom- actually a 2018 nominee for the nobel peace prize for her work in transparency in the extractive sector um she also was fairly popular for having been one of those who spearheaded the bring back our girls movement when uh, the boko haram had captured uh, a plethora of young girls from their school um uh, that was a movement that brought uh national visibility to a very terrible event. Um, so, yes, uh, let's discuss uh, Madam Obi. I actually got to see her I'm speak in to, Chicago I'm once. I'm going to vote for Madam Obi. Okay. Oh, we I have a vote very casting. That okay. she, she's, she has what it takes. Hmm. She has the exposure. Hmm. Her heart is in the right place. Hmm. She's a very determined woman. Okay. She's very straightforward and honest. Hmm. And I believe that one of the qualities of a good leader is putting the right the right peg in the right hole. Mm. It's not so much about doing it all herself, but I want to believe that she'll get the right people, mm. you know, rather than vested interests like the way Nigeria has been run so far. So much vested interests that people are not even, you are not getting the qualified people to do the job. Mm. The only other person in the history of Nigeria, as far as I know, in the recent history of Nigeria, that has done a good job of putting people that can do the job in the right position has been General Obasanjo. Mm. He's good. He knows how to get the right people to do the job. Whatever okay. you can say about him, I right. have a lot of respect for President Obasanjo in that regard. And I think Obi will do the right thing. Mm. I think, I mean, that's, okay. and I believe that if the critical mass of people vote for this younger generation that have the right exposure, the right mindset, right. honest people who probably not, it will not be about my tribe, my whatever. Let's send a clear message to the political class that these people too, even if they, she doesn't win the election, 
she, by the time the critical mass of people vote for her, they, they will be shaking in the political class because they cannot keep foisting I mean, two bad options upon us. Oh, that's the way I do That's pretty much been the history of Europe. Then, let's just, then these people are, sorry, my dear, they are almost like uh, collaborators in that situation you are describing. Mm. Because should they not have known and called each other together and say, let's be realistic about this. All right. If you really want to accomplish anything, we need more numbers around ourselves. Mm. This fragmentation of parties is also important. Mm. It's just a boost. And the funny thing is that they will do it, they will not succeed, and then they will spend the next several years complaining about how they were not cheated. It's not true. Then they just were strategic enough to. And, and I'm shocked that people who are this intelligence, who are this well trained, Mm. Who at this level of exposure cannot see something that's so obvious, or maybe they are saying they are not. I mean, the other thing too is ego sometimes makes all of those other they, factors. They, they don't, it doesn't make them any better than the people who have a power now. Fair enough, fair enough. For anything, you are going to say something. Yeah, um, with regards to Obi, I'm similarly like optimistic about her running for president, but like dad mentioned, it's a lack of, I haven't quite seen that, you know, structural, grassroots-oriented yeah, I mean, push as well, at least under the umbrella yeah. of the new party she's starting, ACP. Yes, and ACP, well. Allied Congress Party of Nigeria, that's correct. Yeah, so it's it's like political movements aren't, you know, they aren't run by just the spearhead of the president, but right. it's something that goes from, right. from the entire thing. And even right. if she does happen to win the presidency, as we mentioned, who are, who are the people who are going to be her allies and the right. legislature, the judiciary, who actually would help her uh, agenda go forward, because otherwise it doesn't. It doesn't quite work. work out. However, I, I think I think she has. I think two things. First of all, with regards to logistics of her becoming president, I would hope that somebody who's been minister twice in Nigeria and fairly active in the political space for such a long time should have a network of individuals that are, have the capacity to potentially yeah, exactly. execute. So that's that's one thing. The second thing is that. Of all the candidates, including the first two, she seems to be one that would perhaps be best at garnering international support for the country, attracting investments to the country, things like that. The third thing I would say is that despite her, let's say, unlikeliness of winning, I think that she could potentially be very good at starting a social movement against, uh, 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 our, let's say, um, political elites, uh, uh, and even against the political Nigerian uh, ethos of being just doomed if we don't, damned if we do, damned if we don't, just committing to the choices we feel like are the only ones we had. She might be the one that might be good at shaking that system. Exactly. And like Mom was saying earlier, all that would take would be enough people who are just saying, I'd rather not cast my vote towards one of the people who I know is not going to do a good job anyways, right? Because if you feel like if you feel like one is not worse than the other necessarily, you might as well put for it third for. So maybe, maybe I'm just saying that maybe it's more useful as a social social retooling. Exactly. Yes. Maybe her campaign becomes that. I don't know what her intent is. Right. Um but yes, so any kind of your thoughts. I my thought is more of a question because I when I saw Obi was running, I got excited. Right. I, I like all that she promises to be and all that her campaign or even the fact that she could potentially be president could do. Right. There's an important factor that no one has mentioned yet, the fact that she's a woman, which right. is still harder. Like, That's facts. As That's in facts. our social class and in classes upwards, it's 
it's still easier to think that she could win. But our class is still and small. Yeah, right. it's still a small percentage of the population of Nigeria. Right. And how does that compare with the Nigeria as a whole? We don't almost want what to has a woman. What does it have to do with anything? That which is a good question to ask, which is what reasonable people like us might ask. But what should it have to do with anything? Yeah. What should it? There we go. Personally, I think that if she pushes, if she formed a coalition behind her, mm. and the numbers grow to a certain extent, I mean, a woman can even be an asset. Mm. But trying to push it on on ground, I mean, they probably exist, but. If to take us seriously, by now one should have met somebody who's a member of that party or somebody right. who's running for House of Assembly. I keep saying the same thing that good intentions should be a multi ticket. Exposure uh, right. is not enough. Right. You must first be able to have the structures. You cannot get become president just because you have good intentions, break it up. Right. You can't stand without having a budget. Right. That budget has to be approved by someone. By someone else. So right. And those are all the things that can destroy even your own reputation. Right. So, right. whereas we will vote for, I would probably vote for someone whom I also doubt his ability to win, but hoping that somehow, somewhere, they will hear some counsel like we're describing here. Right. Hopefully, they Hopefully will. They will. Before then, so let's uh let's address these next two candidates and then what i'm going to do is say okay if we were to form a collaboration between the candidates our third force candidates who would you of that list who would you kind of say should come together and what role should they play in becoming a force mm-hmm. so let's address the next two in in, in uh in in uh, together because they have a similar bio um the first is dr olushego mimiko um of the zenith labor party he was the first two-term governor of Ondo State, and uh, he was a previous. He was previously the federal minister for housing and urban development, a secretary for the Ondo State government, and a two-time Ondo State commissioner for health. All that I think happened before he became actual governor. Um, now and then, the second candidate is also was also a governor of uh, of uh, cross a two-term governor of uh, Cross River State named Donald Duke of the Social Democratic Party (SDP). Um, thoughts on these two gentlemen? First of all, Shagumiko uh, has given up running for president. Okay, Shagumiko is out. Um, someone in his party who was going to run, I think, for Senate or something, right. has given that ticket up for him. That came up, I think, in the last week or two, maximum. Okay. So it's off your list, that's it. Okay, well. Maybe maybe that's an indication of a party that actually serious. Really? That they would feel at their greatest strengths and at least try to get some positioning within the political structure mm. and begin to use that to build influence. Maybe so, that's a sign, the kind of. That they're, they're serious. So he's going for a Senate seat as opposed to running for president anymore. That's fair. Um, all right, so let's address Donald Duke, who I believe is still definitely in the race. Donald Duke is somebody else I would vote, could vote for. Oh, Donald Duke? Yes. Fair because okay. uh, we need to gradually face out the old politicians who really haven't done us any good. Donald Duke is not young. Yeah, yeah he's a lot younger than... Most of yes. <laughs> definitely. Exactly. He's a lot younger than... I don't know how old he is, but yeah, he's opted for a senate So I believe Donald Duke, because of his experience as governor, okay, and uh, his influence 
as a politician also right in his party right i think it's someone else that's and then i believe he's a i mean he has i mean the way he ran his state maybe at that time he's a bit ahead of his time in the ideas that he had Obudu, Katu Ranch, Tinapa and everything. Those ideas, perhaps some people will look at this and say it's a waste and all that. But this, I mean, we have to be progressive in the way we think. There's some more information we have now from those that have made that. And I think it's just a progressive person that will do us a lot of good. Mm. Because right now, the way we are now in Nigeria, vis-a-vis other African nations, Vis-a-vis the international community, countries like Malaysia, like Indonesia, we cannot afford to work anymore. We have to leap. We have to run. run. We, have yeah. to we have to go faster. Our growth has to be double digits. Because stuff. we've been left so far behind. So That's we right. need visionaries right. like Donald Duke. With someone else, I will vote for. Okay. And he should be able to manage the, the dynamics of the political Structure atmosphere. and atmosphere. Yes. Okay. That's, that's perfectly fine. Any, anybody with additional thoughts? Um, Donna Duke, it uh, gather all, the, all of them together under it. Yeah, okay, I don't know. Every time I think, yeah, his name, I think of Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that us up. So. Not, I mean, that's not a slow name, it's right? Something his name just sounds similar. Uh, <laughs> gather all the others under his wings. Okay, I've actually tweeted the message like that before. All right, um, uh, definitely, I would say. Perhaps because of his experience in the space, as well as, yeah. I guess, just having actually taken an executive office at a point right. in time. Perhaps, and having a pretty good record. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps he could be the person that, you know, in this vein of rallying people together, yeah. rallying together the rest of the party, could be the yeah. person to orchestrate that. Okay, so 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 let's uh, let's 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 now ask a different set of questions. Just before we go into the the heavyweight type title fights, um, now we have. Uh, Adishino Byron of Koa. We have Chris Okoti of Fresh. We have Obiezekwezele. We have uh, Mimiko. Oh, sorry, not Mimiko anymore. We have Donald Duke. We have Omoyele. We have Kingsley Mogalu. If there were to be a coalition form, now they said, "Oh yeah, let's in- involve. Let's let's I, let's have everybody come to the table. Let's make a coalition." Which of those people should not even be involved? Let's start there. Who should not be? You don't want to see their hands on no, this the situation. Bigger, the bigger problem. No, I'm just. I'm asking a series of questions. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, 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 who should not be in, involved? Who should not be of all those people? Who would you not like even seeing Chris touch? Kola believes Chris Okoche. Yeah, yeah, right. I agree with you. Okay. So, sure. mom believes Shore shouldn't be interested uh, involved. Kola why don't you think Chris should shouldn't be involved? First of all, I'm a strong. Let's believer. give it a shot. I'm a strong believer in understanding the difference and the separation between a nation state and uh, religious. Body. Body. Fair enough. Okay, that's good. Good enough points. Mom, why mm-hmm. don't you think Shora should be? Sure, just go campaign to be local government chairman. Okay, so you oh, feel like even yeah. even the standard of minister of communication, you probably know worse than the current one. That's a pretty low bar. exaggerating, but then he might be able to use the new media better than better than the other guy. Right. I think that every government actually needs someone who can. It needs a propagandist. Unfortunately, right. frequently propagandists are called to exaggerate the government's achievements as a blanket. Yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, so there might not be much uh, room for uh, 100% truth telling in that job. 
Right. That's why I said that might be, that might be a good propaganda. Not that Fair I enough. The, the organization it runs, right. Maybe on 5%. Okay. Very fond of raising uh, sensational stories. Mm. And after what they find that it's not even true. <laughs> All right. So really, it's, it really cuts in that one. And then he has uh, the ability to use new media. Okay. So. So now let's uh so let's say those are the candidates that uh that uh at least that is the one candidate that we all agreed upon. Maybe Chris Okoche is the one who shouldn't be involved, or maybe is there a minister of church, minister of spiritual? No, okay, <laughs> minister of happiness, maybe. Um, no jokes all around. But um, <laughs> let's move on to the candidates that. So who should now be in charge? Who should be if you, of all these candidates? Who should be the president? Who should be the vice president? I would say between Duke and Ezekwesi. Okay, so you think by so? By virtue of most experience and okay. like the yeah. best track record, I would say. Okay. Who should be or who... Who would be best, most likely to win. Most likely to win, yes. Most likely to win is a whole different question. So let's, let's put the shoots. Most likely to win. Mm-hmm. Then if you take a Duke as the one, the one person who has the most... Uh, uh, experience in running some form of executive presidency. In fact, in Nigeria, not many people know it, but the governors are more powerful than the presidents. Right, locally, absolutely. Generally. Really? When they, and that's why when they come together, the president is in trouble, and the president knows it, and that's why the governors will exist. Mm. So, um, so him, but then somebody from outside of the entire group needs to be brought in as vice president. Okay. Person, outside that entire group? Exactly. Really? Person, Why? And the person, outside the people you have noted, maybe I want more of it, but there's some guy, uh, or some name like that, who is also from the north. But the way Nigeria is structured right now, if we don't hear of a fear that crosses the national divide, divide between the south and the north, the Christian, Muslim, uh, divide all right people think they're not serious yet. right but it's only for that it's not because i did that that's right. so if it was off talent who would this food the food the second person just ability to actually execute the job i would pick an error fine mm. as crazy as it sounds um the man is the, the man he believes a lot in himself so he speaks his mind all right he's not incompetent that's... In fact, he's really quite a competent person. Right. He's also somebody I know personally has invested time in preparation for, for leadership mm. in terms of educating himself. All right. He said to me one day that the mistake they made when they were in government with uh, was that they thought technical ability was all you needed to make a difference. Uh. But he had come to realize that political power is key and that that was what was And that was 2009 when he said that. Mm. So I wasn't surprised at all when I saw him in Rajas. As governor of uh, uh, at that time, he was at the Harvard Technical School of Government studying government's mm. governmental process. Mm. So, someone like that, if he will agree, if he will agree, somebody who is trained to, yeah. but yeah, but he's currently part of the ruling party. He's right? part of a ruling party, but it wasn't well, it wasn't always part of that party, it was in the PDP before. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Just about everybody in one party has done so, some, uh, yeah, yeah, that's still quite Yes, yes. So um, now let's, uh, so let's, you know, is it fair to make the assumption that everybody else on that list uh, has some place within a potential government? I'm tempted to try to create a winning team up. Is that something we can knock together correctly and put out in Nigeria and let people put together the people they think they will be their own winning team? Their own winning team. What we will have on it is 
out of all the people that exist now, right. company, we put a whole flood of names. Right. We allow people to add names if they want. And right. if you have up to 50 people adding your name, then you become part of a potential group. So that we are running our own by election. Right. <laughs> when we start a betting agency. Anyways, <laughs> um, I know, I'm being there. I'm being facetious. It's a way of people expressing what they think. That right. Fantasy. What they want. Right. It's a fantasy football. Fantasy football. football. Right. So, so, okay. Fantasy football. Interesting. Fantasy football uh, reference. Let me use that as a segue into our, our big two. Uh, our Nigerian Bowl vis-a-vis uh, Super Bowl of Nigeria. Uh, heavyweight fight between uh, the the PDP party, the former uh, champions, uh, the former long term champions, and the APC parties representing the PDP party is uh, Mr. Atiku Abubakar of the People's Democratic Party, which is what PDP stands for. Um, he was he worked in the Nigerian Customs Service for for about twenty years. Um, he's right. risen to become. He rose to become the deputy director, um, which was kind of I think the second highest position at the time. Um, he retired in nineteen eighty nine, and now and ran business and was active in politics for for a little while. He apparently ran for office of president in nineteen ninety three, actually placing third after uh, MK Abiola and Babanga. Kim in the in the SDP primaries. So that's the Social Democratic Party, just to give you some uh, some history. So yes, um and then he is up against the incumbent, um Mohamedou Buhari of the All Progressives Party, Congress, sorry, Congress Party. Uh he's uh he is the current incumbent of the presidency. Um he was a military ruler of Nigeria in a previous life, which is really the same life, but he was a, he was a previous he was a previous uh, military president and uh, now he's running Nigeria uh, in a manner that many, at least his opponents, will believe to be significantly unsatisfactory. Unsatis- and um, yes, uh, thoughts. Let's let's ask the folks who, let's start with the folks who actually live in Nigeria to bear their impressions on First of all, the performance of the current incumbents, and then the 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 chances slash uh, slash uh, likely outcome of the other guy winning. Um, let's start with you, Dad. I think that we have a Hobson's choice. A Hobson's choice. Yes. Okay. Because we have to choose between bad and worse, or worse and worse. Worse and worse. Not between good. Not between good and better. Um, okay. That's, that's the situation that we're in. Okay. Um, I wouldn't want to take a risk with Mr. Atiko. Mr. Atiko, wh- why would you? There's just too much that is associated, too much has been said about him mm. in terms of uh, his association with uh, privatization of the social capital. Of the social capital. What do you mean? Capital. That is things that should belong to everybody belonging to one person. Right. So you believe oh, that is a very fancy way of saying you believe it was particularly somehow the other is is wealth is not uh appears not to be it appears to be impossible to separate his wealth from having been in government mm. or being close to government in some form or the other as an employee of government or yeah. as a political office holder. Yeah. And just to note he, he was the vice shown, president of yeah, Nigeria. And appears to be extremely wealthy. Okay. Uh, and there's no evidence that is readily visible that proves or shows the engine of that wealth has been something that he has created and worked. So if uh, Dangote began to spend a certain amount of money tomorrow, 
we have some understanding from right. the region of world, mm. particularly during the process of securing the parts in the PDP nomination itself. Right, right. I do you think that funded that process was funded solely by him, or does he have backers with money? Well, it's possible that he has backers, but that is also worrying because that's people, as we hear, who give each uh, delegate five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars is a lot of money, right. especially when you consider that the delegate strength, I think, must have been a couple of thousands at the very least. Right. So people who can risk that amount of money right. uh, are not. I'm not uh, doing it for the public good. Mm. All right, all right. Um, Mom? Well, for me, um, I was a strong believer in Buhari. I campaigned for him. I, you know, I campaigned so seriously on a personal level with friends, associates, mm. and everybody I, I came across. But I'm, been disappointed beyond measure mm. in terms of two key things. And the two things are number one, his approach to the herdsmen issue. Okay. Some people say the herdsmen, they are not herdsmen, they are this, they are that. It's a conspiracy against him. Right. Uh, it's something that has to do with a third force. But if you are former military uh, president of Nigeria, you mm. know how the military works. Right. You cannot bring it your your experience and the power of the military, the might to tackle that problem. Right. Whoever they may be, whoever may be sponsoring the killing. The killing in Nigeria has been so bad. It didn't start with Buhari, really. Right. But it's gotten worse under him. Some of the things we blamed Jonathan for was his body language to corruption. Mm -hmm. What's Buhari's body language to oh. Fulani headsmen killings? Right. What's his body language? What are his utterances? Oh. If Buhari can mobilize the military against IPOB in a show of strength, right. why haven't they done anything? In a huge mobilization, you know, there's the kind yeah. of mobilization well, that makes people. What else I may think concerned about? Please let no, me let, finish. Let, let, and the I'm second wrong. point is that he's. Um, there are too many people around him who have been accused of one thing or the other. I mean, you are, you, we, we, we voted accused? for you massively. There's video evidence of something. We, we voted for you massively because we think you are clean and not yeah. corrupt. But then these people have been accused. The NHIS right. man is there. Right. Different people around you. Right. And then nothing really seems to be happening. It's as if... Once people are accused of corruption and they join the APC, I mean, things sort of die down. Right. So those two key issues for me are, I mean, I don't Concerning. think he deserves to come for another four years. Okay. So, so but the, Atiku also, right. I mean, for the very things that uh, your daddy just mentioned, I mean, there's so much mock associated with Atiku. Hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, the political class and the political elites in Nigeria are so unfair to us. Right. Because you are giving us two very bad candidates. That's the way right. I see. Which is why I can't vote for any one of them. Hmm. I'd rather vote for a duke or be a queen. And yeah. the sooner we stop all this tribalistic voting for us, say, so let's put the right put person. Put the good person. It does all of us job. better. Yeah. Yeah. 
period. Yeah, the assumption that somebody you're about the, gives a care, care about you is, the is weird. Reason, no, the reason is actually deeper than that. Okay. The reason is the fact that many Nigerians, if not most Nigerians, still think of themselves when you ask. Think of them first as a Yoruba man before a Nigerian or mm, child so, before. So the, the tribal ethnic divisions are still strong. Right. And also coming with that distrust <clears throat> mm. across the board. Now, here's the thing with Buhari. One of the things that we frequently forget that we underplay okay. is that the threat of Boko Haram has seriously been reduced. Mm. I can remember it. But I hear that's picking up again. Every, yes, it's, you know, the outburst location. Right. We don't know whether that's that's a sustained trend or attempts to. It is not. It's a fact that hasn't been completely put out. Absolutely. But it has significantly reduced. There were there was a period of time before it came to power when we were hearing news that they were about to enter Lagos. Mm. There was a period of time when every Sunday you be praying that there will be no church coming and there will be right. every Sunday. Mm. So that threat has significantly reduced. Right. I think that some of it has also morphed in some of the other things that we're seeing. Huh. Uh, but uh, just like when he came to power and he was sold to us as the answer to all the ills, <laughs> despite the difficulties that some of us had with a very elderly man, a man who had proven to be quite brutal in the past huh. when he was a younger man, we are told by people who now tell a different story about him, who have been close to governments, mm. that though it's change, it's not that, it's this and that. So I worry that that's their same attempt to create a masquerade in article, and I don't mm. think we should fall for it. To create a masquerade as in developing into something is fundamentally not. You know, make him seem like he's, uh, no, it's uh, the angel himself, he's just been given a bad name. Right. I think that all those things. I, I think that almost certainly he will not give us, it will not be a better situation with him coming to power. Okay. Um, you think it's fundamentally any better at running a country, though? Will, that, will the outcomes be better, maybe? Because no, I seriously doubt it. Okay. I, I fear that we'll go back to, I think this is very strange, historical reason in Nigeria, to the extent that if Jonathan can be open his mouth to say that corruption is now worse. Now worse, all right. Of all the fellows. We are careening in a directionless uh, right. motion downhill. Right. When he was in power, when he was in office. So the fact that he managed to escape with your skin intact and nobody's chasing it around does not mean that you should open your mouth and say that kind of rubbish. Yeah. Well. Now, one thing you also have to acknowledge is that when you say you're fighting people who are corrupt, they are, these are people out of the process of that corruption. They have become tremendously wealthy right. and powerful. And because of that, they have massive resources to deploy in their own defense. And it is not, if there was any mistake, I think that uh, even though we like to hear it, and it was good for us to hear it, that somebody was coming to fight corruption. But corruption should not have been its only focus or even its primary focus. Mm. I think that. Protecting the economy, making it grow, stabilizing the economy, rule of law and order, and so on, should have been more of its focus, so that at least people will have a better feeling. You see, when people feel better about themselves, when they are more hopeful, when they are able to uh, meet their basic needs and so on, there are certain things that they don't pay too much attention to, and then you can now start fighting the corruption by itself. Even though, to a degree, also I understand if you are head of state and there are people who 
state stamp pay salaries, but there are people who have more money than the states in their pockets, and they've acquired it. They're extremely dangerous people to have around. Yeah. Because such people can wake up tomorrow, and we saw it a lot in the days before our current uh, democratic dispensation. All those pools that we had, many of them were paid for by private citizens. Mm. The last major one that we had, they said many of the soldiers that were killed when they were found or caught, they were found with wads of money stuffed in their pockets mm. and they had been paid in order to participate. Wow. So, uh, letting private citizens, uh, people who are privatized social good, as I call it, and let's leaving them to have that kind of money at their disposal is extremely difficult. Mm. And as a government, also, we have so many. It now becomes one of your major areas of focus and weakness and danger to even your own continuing in power. So what do you do? Because every time when we hear of these things happen, so I try to put myself in their place and try to understand the issues they may actually be facing and try to say, how would you have dealt with this? That made it a priority of mine. I made it a priority. So they made it a priority, but the scale of the problem appears to be bigger than they and they anticipated. Yeah. Or even the people they are fighting against. I mean, somebody, uh, when you were last week, corruption fights back. Corruption against yeah. just corruption fights back. All right. All the right. recent uh, ouster of the Minister of Finance, even mm-hmm. though yeah, came out, what came she out. did was against the law. Right. But why was it brought forth? It was brought forth, I'm pretty sure, because she was either blocking something somebody wanted to do, right. or trying to do something that somebody didn't want. Mm. Wow. Okay. Now, now do you... she, what she did, I'm sure would have happened to any one of us. She came back, got a job, applied for exemption, supposedly because of her when she came back to serve as a commissioner in Ugu State. Supposedly she thought she got the right exemption, not mm, yeah. knowing that they sold her a dummy. Right. That's, so, why, that's why I said the bringing up of it. Exactly. Right. The it's like somebody on their thing that's, yeah. And it may even have been the plan. for somebody who even knew that that's how exactly. it was. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Or somebody who had been waiting for her to. Or someone yeah. who was right. even instrumental in getting the fictitious documentary. Who knew all along there was fictitious. Now, do you think that her stepping down was a good show of. Well, show of good faith from the uh, nothing else she could do. Really? And but there are other people that have been accused of yeah, also did the right and thing. nothing has yeah. been done. She did the right thing and there was nothing else she could do. Yeah. But, but there are a, a few other folks who have been accused in similar vein of having either falsified or fake documents or yeah, non-existent documents that are selling government. Yes, yes. And I know that's the funny thing about us Nigerians. We are so gullible. To the extent that instead of applauding the fact that she took Somebody the vulnerable else. path, right, so people are yeah. still saying that ah, they should go and bring her home and prosecute her. That's what right. they, they are forgetting that right before their noses. There are many other people well. who are in that situation. Now, now for they example, have... the current Minister of Information hmm. was when he wanted to run for governor, that it was brought out that he never served. Wow. And he wanted to make the argument that Yes, the current Online. Minister of Information, uh, Information Technology and Communications. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then started making the argument that because he, he went into politics and became a member of the House of Assembly in her state immediately after graduating. That's, a, that's a service. Uh, 
You're not going to argue that, Lily. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> um, you're not supposed to contest for that. Yeah, position. you're not supposed to allow, be allowed to contest without an NRC. I guess it was so. That was why the party did not give him ticket. But nobody has prosecuted him. Right. Has, I'm sure he hasn't even... I'm not sure he won't resign yet. Yeah. Now, now the other question is so on, on another on another front of kind of within the same administration, you have uh, you have uh, you have uh, you have uh, a few uh, the, the governor of was it Kaduna that was caught on tape Kano states State, rather my apologies I refer to Kaduna um, Kano states the governor of Kano states caught on tape uh, taking bribes what do you think that says about the Buhari uh, administration with regards to corruption and that's not being prosecuted well okay first first of all like I said to you earlier the governors are even more powerful than the president mm. why do you uh, think so I, I struggle to understand that because one. they they have more control over their own state congresses than the president has over the national congress. Mm. And the number of, and the disparity, the, the way in which they can track their enemies is much stronger. I think mm. it was Professor Kim who said in my presence once that he would rather offend the president than his government. Mm. Uh, the president, you have to offend him, he leave Abuja, he goes to wherever he came from. He, can put he him forgets him. about you. The government right. knows exactly where he came Right. So, uh, to that extent, moving against the governor one is hard. So doing it close to an election and you are still measuring whether that fellow can deliver you votes mm. at election time, it's tempting to say, well, he denied it. After all, he denied it. Right. So and that's why you can see that the opponents of the governor also are pushing the evidence uh, close to his face and so on. Right. The reality of it is that someone who wants to come for a second term is, already has his hand behind his back. Um, he, he himself is already handicapped in terms of things that he can do. Mm. He can do it immediately after he comes back. Yes. Okay. He can change. Unfortunately, by that time, it will be too late for us to evaluate whether it was actually good and it was just biding his time. Right. Or whether it was safe. Yeah, if he loses, if he doesn't do it, there's nothing we can do at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. Now, now just kind of final questions. If, if you had to look at um, the current, the current so article already has the article. The, the uh, candidate for the opposition party has some uh, history, having been the vice president of PDP with uh, limited powers and whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But limited quote unquote. But the the argument is that execution wise, let's put aside their moral ethics. Who do you think? Would be better for an economy that needs to grow aggressively than these fresh ideas. Okay. I have not any evidence. Mm. I haven't observed the uh, regime under which it's served. Okay. But it necessarily has some kind of gene ability to execute on the economy better than it's one of those myths that people create in Nigeria mm. and they are trying to shove down the truth of the understanding public. There's no evidence. The man was put in charge of the government privatization program and privatization happened. Wasn't the one, Erufai was the one who was head of the BPE then. Right. So he was the one who actually did the execution. Yes. Right. So there is really no nothing that we can hold in our hands and say that it was. Rather, what we do know that we did here was that he benefited personally from a lot of those transfers of government wealth, mm. government assets. Mm. So let no one start saying that he's, he's necessarily a better. Better candidates, yeah. It might just be. 
switching the same. All right, now, now I guess the final agreement. And being a better economic manager also can very depend on the circumstances. That is true. So we're now beginning to be at risk of a lowered oil price. Right. What if there's a big drop in oil pricing when it comes to power again? Right. Like it was when the current government started. Right. People forget that right easily that we came from a very low oil price level. Right. Which automatically restricts the extent that any Nigerian government can act. Yeah. No, let's say let's 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 now do a final analysis. So let's say the best case scenario. Let's let's move all the uh, the restrictions and constraints away. Uh, I think we can perhaps all agree would be somehow the uh, third party candidates forming a force and moving strongly in all the different branches and implementing a plan that gets them into power with somebody like uh, Donald Duke or Ezekiel Zeli at the helm, and then right. Uh, let's say that's the best case scenario in our highfalutin dreams. And then the now the, the I want to ask what the second to worst case scenario would be. Right? So this is to effectively to discern what the worst case scenario to, should be. Who is the least of the worst? Who is the who is the who is the least of our worst options? I, I think that a situation where the current incumbent wins re-election and shortly thereafter uh, hands over power like has been doing intermittently to it. Vice president and chooses to retire. Will be the second to worst. To best case, a most plausible scenario. Right most now. plausible. You think that's it? Because it's the scenario that we have seen it tested. That is all the months I spent away on medical treatments. His vice president ran the conference. Right. We saw the improvements that happened during that period of time. Do you think he has power though? Two. Even though then. True. Right. He did execute. In fact, there was somebody that his boss had been vacillating on firing. Right. One of the members of the he actually fired the guy during that period and nothing right. came out of it. Really? Actually, so, yes, they didn't put him back. Yeah. Right. So obviously, he's uh, capable and decisive. Right. But he just doesn't have the political clout to win power by himself. Hmm. So what you need to be hoping for is that, and I keep pushing this scenario to that, to that form it in my mind. The old man. Win re-election, go to London and get sworn in. Because right. if he if he if he retires before getting sworn in, he doesn't automatically uh, yeah, retire. Right. Get sworn in quite alright. Hand over power. They negotiate somebody. To... The second reason why it's a plausible scenario is that we already have one scenario in which a president could not continue. Mm. And that's how Jonathan himself came to power. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to so, wish for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, well, that's why I said he can retire. He can retire, right? Right. You know on the health grounds yes. right. and that has enough precedence already. Yeah. so you put all of that together that, that would be our best case the most plausible scenario right now the second most plausible scenario is I mean, all this nice something but it's wake up get serious <laughs> organize themselves right. and really start pushing the public they are clever people they are right. you know, bright people, they are modern people. Right. They can use uh, the social media more, right. a lot more effectively. Together. And the imagination of people is likely to run with them. Even the mere announcement that we've all come together. That all right. the 89 parties right. met overnight and they have signed this agreement. Right. And this is how they are going to work. Uh, this run. is who is going to do this what? Guy is going to run for this. So I agree that when we come to power, the minister and so on. Right. Now, Nigerian people give us your trust. It will right. change the dynamic of election like no man's business. Mm. All right. No man's business. So we truly just need a singular third force as opposed to a third through 89th force. All right.
So, so, all right. So, <laughs> I'd like to just say thank you to everybody. It's it's been fun and enjoyable. Does anybody have any final thoughts? It's uh, kind of late in the day. I really appreciate you taking the time out to share your thoughts on all of our candidates. I think our listeners will enjoy it thoroughly as well. Um, thanks to my family. I thank them. I thank you guys all for that. Um, yes, I do. Th- I, I do thank you. I say, I've said thank thanks. you to my times. Uh, you appreciate. I appreciate you appreciating my thanks. I appreciate uh, you appreciate. Okay, we're not going down that rabbit hole. But um, thank you, everyone. Um, so, listeners, you've heard kind of the thoughts. A uh, combination of people who actually live on the continent and people who have observed the campaign based on what they've put out exclusively. Um, you've gotten a good chunk of history on each of the candidates, what they've done, what they stand for, um, our reservations concerning them, and, and our, our advice strategy for the for moving forward. This has been Akande Adirile with Port Save Africa with my whole family. Family, let's say bye together in one accord. Bye, bye. listeners. <laughs> you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.